Hey, this is Ellis Hammond with Kingdom REI and the Kingdom REI podcast. And if you want to create an impactful kingdom business, you should be listening to the Eternal Entrepreneur podcast, my good friends, Joe Newton and Pierce Brantley. The Eternal Entrepreneur gives you the stories and strategies to gain freedom as a Christian business leader. You'll hear from real entrepreneurs who have learned how to partner with God, from making millions to filing bankruptcy. These are honest stories to help you hear God's voice and build a lasting legacy through business. Well, hello and welcome back. And thank you for joining us for the Eternal Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Pierce Brantley along with my co-host, Joe Newton, and we could not be more excited to share with you our conversation today with Ellis Hammond. Ellis is the founder of Kingdom REI, the number one mastermind community for Christian real estate entrepreneurs. He also manages his own network of investors who seek passive opportunities in apartment complexes across the U.S., but his own entrepreneurial journey began when he was still a full-time college pastor. Before we jump into the interview today, we want to ask if you'd help us out by leaving us a five-star review and sharing the podcast with a friend. And also, if you'd like to stay in touch and get a free copy of the first chapter of my book, Calling, How to Partner with God in Any Business with Any Boss at Any Place in Life, then click on the link in the show notes to sign up for our weekly email or visit eternalentrepreneur.co. Now, on to the interview. Ellis Hammond, thank you so much. It is awesome to have you here. Joe, Pierce, Pierce, my bio sounds way more sexy when you read it. <laughs> so thanks for that soundbite. I appreciate it. We'll uh, we'll get that we'll get that recorded and sent over to you so uh, you can yeah. You can. That would be good. <laughs> well, Ellis, I want to jump in because we only have you for a little while. So we heard your journey really started way before you got into real estate. Before you had the podcast, you were a campus pastor and. Everyone knows that a campus pastor is rich and invests in multifamily apartments. And we want to know, how did you start living out that entrepreneurial life? Yeah, yeah. Everyone knows you're joking. Everyone knows. <laughs> a lot of time. Yeah, <laughs> Most pastors are broke. Most college pastors can barely buy groceries, right? So yeah, we did. So yeah, man, we, it, we were fine not making a lot of money. We didn't get into ministry to make any money by any means. We love what we did, man. We were building communities of faith here in San Diego on college campuses. And we did that for about six years. But I don't know, probably like four years into our ministry, we just, I mean, in a lot of ways, we ran out of money in the sense of like, our team was beginning to really grow. And we were building a team here in San Diego. And um, we just wanted to figure out better ways to create capital. And I never thought we would be Become a full time entrepreneur. I always thought I would do full time vocational ministry, but really wanted better vehicles to build wealth in. And uh, but I had no idea how to go do that. And um, and so we just got hungry, man. Like I just started asking questions. And the first thing I ever heard was a radio ad that said, "Hey, if you want to learn how to build wealth through real estate, come to this two hour seminar." And I mean, it hit me at the right time. And I was like, "Well, I got nothing to lose. I don't know anything else." And so. I went to this two-hour seminar. It was the first time I ever saw kind of normal Joes, right? Like those guys who didn't come from big wealth, don't have a huge real estate background, but they were telling their stories about how they started building wealth through real estate. And it changed my life. And it was the first time I say this, like I always thought the, that real estate was the end game for the wealthy. And it was the 
first time I think I realized that real estate was actually the starting point mm-hmm. for all who want to go and build wealth. And so it changed my life, man. And so four months after that, we ended up buying our first duplex. And we can get in that story if you'd like, but that was kind of the beginning. Yeah. When you say we, do you feel like this was a, a change of mind that just you had? Or was it you and your wife both that kind of at the same time were, were having that change of perspective? Because I know with me and my wife, it we don't always go at the same level. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Now, my wife probably thought I was crazy and definitely still thinks I'm crazy. <laughs> a lot of what we're doing, if we're now settling, we're actually in the process about two weeks from selling that first duplex. And so no, like, no to all of the early husbands out there. Like if you're about to make some massive transition eight months into your marriage, probably don't do it like 10 o'clock at night laying in bed, right? So like, <laughs> just, if anybody's listening, let me save you, right? <laughs> and so not, I have so many ideas. I'm such a visionary that when I started telling my wife this, she's like, okay. But again, man, I was obsessed of like, we're going to change our financial position and we're going to help people along the way. And I just kept talking about it. I kept learning. I kept trying to educate her along the way. So no, it was slow, but slowly and steadily. And I think part of it has been through this process of us buying this duplex. And then we moved into this duplex. And then we moved out of the duplex. And then we bought our first apartment complex. And her like seeing it has kind of really brought us in line. We're like, now we're selling our home. We're going to actually go rent again. And she's on board because she gets, she gets the process of like, we're... We say this all the time that we'll, we'll, we're paying the price now so that we can pay whatever price we want to later. And part of that is making decisions like selling your house and moving into a rental. And that's part of our journey, right? I think that's so good. And, and learning to communicate with your wife on the entrepreneurial journey, because I, I know a lot of people listening are, are probably similar to you and I, that we get something in our head, we, we see it on the hilltop and we just want to go after it. But if we forget, to properly communicate to our wives the things that we've learned when they weren't standing there right there with us, that can cause a lot of trouble. And I, I think that's really good that you were able to, to walk her in and go at her pace as well. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I ever did that perfectly. I don't know if anybody, <laughs> yeah. uh, but no, I mean, you're totally right, man. And uh, I'm so grateful to have a supportive wife. And, you know, even when we launched our business, Kingdom REI, there's a lot of kind of pushback we got there, but the one steady relationship was my sweet wife. And so, yeah, I mean, it is having a, being able to create a safe haven in your home and in your marriage, especially as rocky as entrepreneurship can be is, is really key. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Will you go into that story as far as how you got that first duplex and and what that looked like? Yeah, for sure, man. So we just started learning and studying or I started learning and studying and knew that we wanted to buy units because we could, we could rent out one of the units and potentially live in another one of the units. Like I knew we had to get somebody else paying our mortgage because that's really an asset. That's what makes a home an asset, not a liability phrase when you have right. someone paying your mortgage. And so here in San Diego, we, it was a duplex. Something about buying in San Diego is that the duplex was over half a million dollars <laughs> and we didn't have that much money. And so, we had a family investor actually help us put the down payment on the duplex. And then my wife and I went to work and rehab one of the units that we actually lived in. And so the way we bought that first duplex was, yeah, we found a, a mentor, someone who kind of, I think, felt sorry for us and was like, hey, I'll help you find a deal and kind of help you into the process. And so that really was how we did it, man. We found someone that, we, that we could kind of ask questions to and 
it was incredibly helpful in us finding this project and, and just knowing what to look for and, and what to what to do. And we did really well. I mean, we we bought one of the ugliest houses on a, in a pretty good neighborhood, and within about eleven months, we created over a hundred grand in equity, and then refinanced that deal, be able to pull some of that capital back out, and then we've held on to it for the last couple of years. And yeah, man, we're about to sell this property for. I mean, we're going to two x our capital, two x our investment, way more two x our investment, like. 2x the purchase price. I mean, we're going to three or 4x our investment. So that was a great start. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I love that you had that that one little win. You guys put in a lot of sweat equity to make it happen. You found a partner who you had to split it quite a bit with, but y'all were able to to get that that win and then go on to, to the next. Yeah, and then and that's the first one, man, it's like getting in. I just remember thinking like after I leave in that seminar, it's like, what do I got to do to get this first deal done? What do I got to do? And it, just hearing like, take continue to take action and for me i knew like what like most things in my life it was going to come to a relationship like i needed i wasn't going to be able to do this on my own yeah and i just think that's an important principle in entrepreneurship too what i mean you got to be you got to know be obsessed with whatever your cause is or what you're going after and be evangelistic about your cause right like we told everyone listen we're mm. we're trying to buy real estate we're trying to buy a deal and just through those conversations someone was like well you need to meet this guy and so I went and met this guy. And literally that was how we, find, I owe everything to that first mentor because I don't, we would have not gotten started that fast and done has done as well in this deal without him. And then the same is true in buying a first apartment deal and having someone kind of take us under their wing and do it that way. And, and my business partner in Kingdom REI, you know, like just so much of our success has come from really aligning ourselves with good people and, and, finding success together. So I think that that's been a huge kind of part of our journey. So Ellis, I, I think that's amazing how you took that first step and I've got to see see the fruit of it. Can you tell me a little bit about Kingdom REI? Did those two kind of desires overlap or where did that that kind of that mastermind community, where did that get birthed out of? Yeah, so Kingdom REI is a mastermind community for real estate operators, accredited investors, um, that we started in 2020. And no, dude, I'll be honest with you, man. So there's an investment to be a part of this group and it's several thousand bucks. And I never, I net like, so we're in, what, we're in November of 2020. If you'd asked me in October of 20, of 2019, that I thought we would have a mastermind community where people would pay that type of money to be a part of, I would have not believed you because I didn't have that belief in myself and I didn't see the value that I really could bring to a community like this. I was good at building communities because I did that on the college campus. But to think that I had enough value to bring to a group or could create enough value that someone would be willing to invest this type of money to be a part of it, I just wouldn't believe you. And so no, that was never really part of my concept. Again, it was having people speak life into me, speak truth into me. Ellis, here are the gifts that God has made you with. Here's why we think you're valuable. Here's the price that we think you should charge for something like this. And so again, it was kind of that it was a it was a real process, man. But the desire for King REI was we were in ministry and we were in business, right? Doing real estate. Mm -hmm. And I had a great ministry community and church community. And I, I was growing in my relationships kind of in the real estate world. But I always felt like I was a it's like everyone, like I could talk about God, like there was this real kind of safe space to talk about God here in the ministry world, but super in. And I was, I love Jesus, 
And I love the real estate and entrepreneur world because I'm super ambitious and super hungry. But it just felt like I couldn't really be ambitious over here in the ministry world. And I couldn't really be myself mm. and my faith in the real estate world. And so we were like, man, we really want to start a community where both those things can come together, where we can be ambitious as Christ followers. Wow. And so that was kind of the, the, the start of Kingdom REI and had no idea if there was anyone else out there like me and come to find out there are. <laughs> we have 40 of them in our community now. So it, uh, that's kind of been the birth man, of Kingdom REI. I love how you said, you, you highlighted the word ambition. And I love that you did that because I think oftentimes as a Christian in particular, there can almost be this, this fear or this condemnation that says, hey, listen, ambition is a worldly kind of attribute. Even C.S. Lewis talks about some of that type of stuff. And there really isn't a place for it. So you can either live in the ministry world or you can live in the entrepreneur world, but you can't do both. And so what actually ends up happening is because we don't know really what to do with this hunger or with this drive if we don't have a lot of freedom in it, is we isolate. And we don't actually build community around us as an entrepreneur because we think, well, we need to kind of pursue this on our own because it's not validated. You've kind of taken the opposite approach and you've said, hey, listen, come on, come on. This is a journey. We need to be in it together. It's actually more fruitful for us to kind of to be in community. And then you built that up. And I, I love that because I think ambition needs accountability, but it also thrives too in a healthy sense when it's with other people that you can learn from and who can keep you in check and can uh, just encourage you along the way too. Yeah, 100%, man. No, I, I totally, I'm totally with you. And I do think it's, yeah, I mean, it's why I love this show right here, The Eternal Entrepreneur. Like, I just think there we got to start making a space, man, if we really want to see the kingdom grow and be advanced in this day and age, like to really elevate the gifts of entrepreneurship and gifts in the marketplace and really see that there's a space for really ambitious minded people. Like, cause most of the time you think ambitious Christians and Christians that have gifts of skills with communication and building, like typically what are they told they should go be? You should go be a church planner. You should go be yeah. a pastor. Yep. And I mean, that's what I was told, right? Oh man, Ellis, you're so gifted. I can communicate my blah, like you're going to be a great pastor. I just thought like that. I didn't even, it wasn't really, really wasn't even a Christian. It was around Christian people back then. And so I was like, well, the best way to serve God is to, when I became a Christian, it was, well, be a missionary. Like this is the best way to really serve God. And so, yeah, I just think that's why I love this is elevating this role of entrepreneur in the kingdom of God that, hey, there's a place for you and it's incredibly necessary, incredibly important. And it is because it is because of you is why God made you like this, right? It's because that we yes. folks like this. So, yeah. So when, when you made that transition, well, let me take a step back. I imagine when you were a pastor, a community pastor, and then now even when you have this mastermind group and some of these other things you're, you're doing, that there are some common threads, there are some parallels, some principles that make a good community. And I think entrepreneurs in general struggle with creating community around them or implementing community around them. What are some things, if you were to reflect on it, that make a good constructive community or a healthy community of any kind? Are there some things that 
you kind of naturally apply that, you know, when you just put your, your LS mind on that, that build things that people want to come to or, or feel safe in? Yeah. I mean, I think it starts with a good leader. Like I think a good community has a good leader or leaders that really provide vision and direction for that community. And I don't just say that for me, I, the communities that I'm a part of and that I want to be in, there's a, there's a clear leader and someone who's casting vision that is compelling and that people want to be a part of. And so I do think that's key. But then that leader also realizes like even, or she realizes that just because they're leading a vision, they're, they're not the most important part of the community. Like it really, we really have to elevate and bring people up in that. I think vulnerability is key, like within kind of our mastermind. But even when I was in ministry, it's like vulnerability and especially those who are either more mature or been in this longer, like the more vulnerable they are with, you know, I don't have it all together or here are, the, here are my mess ups. To really prove as an example, like maturity, we become more aware of our flaws with maturity, not less, right? Like that is what it means to be a Christian, right? We see more of our need for Christ, not less. So I think vulnerability is a huge component of that. And then, yeah, like similar goals, like a real focus, like what are we trying to accomplish together? What's our mission? What, what, are, we, what are we doing? And because I think when we really rally around a common purpose and a common goal, that really brings people together. I mean, think about our mastermind community. We all, in some ways, you could argue we're competitors. We're all trying to raise money. We're all trying to do deals. And so in some ways, like we're in the same industry. But why does everyone get along and try and help and provide resources? It's because we realize we're actually not about our own kingdom. We're about God's kingdom. And so there's a real mission of like, I want to see your deals get done as much as I want to see my deals get done. Because wherever you go, I know the kingdom goes there. And so that's been really, I think, crucial for us to really continue to try and communicate and make sure people are on board with. Yeah, I love that. Leadership, vulnerability, and then goals. And what I think is so interesting about having a, a community that has a Christ-centric focus is that you realize that my win is at the sake of your loss. Like that's a really important kind of, I think, collaborative principle. You see it all over, I think, Acts, for instance, where you see people coming together and they have you know, maybe what you would perceive as being competing needs, but you see fruit regardless. And I think that's something that's really, really important. And and oftentimes kind of counter instinctual to, to kind of go after that, that I can, I can help you win and it's not going to be at a detriment to my business. This isn't a winner takes all type thing, which is so typical, I think, in the business world. Yeah, right. 100%. Ellis, one of the things I love having been a part of your community for a season was your take on impact and the way that money plays into that. Can you share a little bit about that? Because I, I feel like you've got a, a great a great view on on what. Be a little more specific. I feel like I have. Yeah, a lot yeah, yeah. Of- <laughs> I'm not sure we're talking about the same thing. So I feel like you and your pursuit of money, deals, influence is all about impact that you can have on people. At least being kind of under your tutelage, if you will, and listening to to your podcast. Like, if I understand correctly, that as you gain, even if it's just cash flow, that's in a way you see that as influence. Is, is that correct? Yeah, that's great, man. Well, I would say this way. I really think, and this is something I learned really early on in my journey of entrepreneurship is like money flows to value, right? So where one creates value, money flows. And so it's a ridiculous question when someone says, how much money should a Christian make? Because 
if the principle is that money flows to value, well, then the answer to that question should be as much dang money as he can, because that means he's or she is producing infinite value. And so that's the way I think about that. And you could substitute value with impact. I mean, if really what we're doing with real estate is we're creating value for people. And I just don't think those things have to be separate in that I think, yeah, so that that, that would be one thing I, I say and I, I talk about a lot is that we have to kind of replace this idea of, well, money is evil or making money is somehow through deceitful gains. I'm like, it's not really the way that actually the world works. Yes, there are people who are who are deceitfully earning money, but most of the people who are really successful have just figured out ways to add tremendous value and have tremendous impact in the world. Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, Elon Musk, go on and on. You know what I mean? Like, think about what they've done. They've literally changed industries, changed lives, changed the world, right? And they're freaking rich because of it. And it's because money flows to value. So that would be one thought I have. I can go on. Is that helpful? No, that's that's great. I mean, and that goes right with, I know when I first started my business and I was praying, one of the clear things that I, I heard God say is, it's all about value. He was like, I want you to make that your tagline. It's about the value of the person that's in front of you. It's about you knowing your value. And it's about bringing the most value to the person you're there. I think that's so good. I mean, as soon as you started sharing that, the the whole verse, what is that? A laborer's worth is his wages, right? Like if you're bringing value, you're worth those wages. And like, so a quick example of this is like what we're, well, our kind of model with buying apartment complexes is, so we're like, right now we have a fund and that fund is buying apartment deals and we're working with this Christian nonprofit and our model is really to go into these residents and be a good neighbor, right? And we're, we're trying to keep residents around and we're trying to increase the reputation of our asset, right? Which in, in all of the reason why that's a great business model is because all of those things actually add to our NOI, right? Because if we reduce resident turnover, then we save expenses, right? If we have a better reputation, then we, have, we don't have to spend as much on marketing. And so all of these things about going into an apartment complex and adding value, being a good neighbor, trying to impact and influence people's lives with the love of Christ, ta-da, is also a good business model. So like, yeah, that's why I think entrepreneurship is, is a great... Yeah, I hope... I love this show because I think entrepreneurs are are huge assets for the kingdom. I also specifically love the syndication model because I feel like it's so kingdom and that everyone gets blessed. Like I I see you as the person putting these things together. You get blessed because you're bringing value. Your investors get blessed because they're getting a return on their cash. The communities that you're purchasing, that you're improving, they get blessed. Like true kingdom is everybody walks out a winner. And I, I feel like your model and what you're doing is a perfect example of that. Yeah, I definitely, that's why I love the model too. I, I, I agree. <laughs> so talk to me about long-term because I, I know you're, you're doing the syndication thing, but you've also got a podcast and you've become, for lack of a, a better term, an influencer in, in our sphere of uh, Christians and, and real estate. Talk to me about long-term. Where do you see that going and how has that kind of impacted what you're doing? That's a great question. It's funny you say that because I definitely don't, see our brand or myself as that yet. I mean, I definitely think we're having influence on people. I know we have a following. We have several hundred people listening to our show. But to think about over an industry, you know, I'm not quite sure because my vision is that we do. Like I want to see 
Kingdom REI really become a leader, not just in the Christian world, but in the real estate industry at large of we are one of the top providers of real estate education, but we, we have like, we're, we're about the kingdom. And I just think it would be, you have all these other great companies out there, but to show that the reason we want to be excellent is because of Christ. Right. And so I think Kingdom REI is definitely in its beginnings right now. We have the mastermind, but there's so much more that I think Kingdom REI really I can become for this industry. And I, when I think about our mastermind, like, dude, I'd love to have a, a community that has a hundred billion dollars of real estate across the United States. And all of these operators are really, are really acting and operating with Kingdom principles because I mean, that would just be a massive impact. Thousands and thousands of people's lives you know, under the care of owners that really, really do care and are really trying to create value in these apartments. So again, all these things are not things I can do on my own, which is kind of why it's hard to, to answer that question because we're pretty early and I see what it could be. I just don't know how to get there yet in a, in a lot of these ways. And so, you know, on the investment side of things, same thing, man, like we're just trying to prove this model. Like we're trying to just get deals done and see and still prove the model in so many ways. And so I see what it could be. I, I definitely think all of these things are, are great business models and could be super successful, but we're still early, man, and still trying to figure it out in a lot of ways. So Ellis, tell me, so we've talked about some of your, your wins. Can you talk about some of those losses, some of those, as I like to call them, learning opportunities that you've had since switching into this entrepreneurial space? Yeah, I got a great one, man. I almost gave up. It's probably like four or five months into this and um, specifically on King Mariai. And uh, again, like there's an investment to be a part of this community and we've met a lot of people and we already kind of have like a small core, but we really wanted to kind of bring in another group. And I just... Kind of remember calling a lot of people like, man, it's a great idea. I love it. But just in COVID, we're like middle of COVID and like no one's doing deals and like industry, real estate industry is like frozen. And uh, to be honest with you, like we were, again, like kind of out of money, you know, it was like, we're, I mean, in the sense of like where our business was, like we, we couldn't really grow anymore. And so we were just stuck in so many ways. And I remember going to a lot of folks and like, hey, like you want to be a part of this? And I got a lot of no's just because it wasn't like, no, your idea sucks. It was more like, it's just not good timing. And I really wasn't in a position to wait two months or three months. And I just remember kind of laying on the floor and be like, well, this is it. <laughs> or like, like, dang, this is a good run. And, uh, but I just, you know, we'll talk about this at the end of the show, but one of my kind of core values or, or kind of principles is just never, ever give up. And um, I just remember thinking, all right, I'm not going to quit. What do we got to do? And I think it was a real turning point for me because what happened when I said, I'm not going to give up. Instead of saying, well, let's just see what happens in two months. And no, we got to figure this out today. And I remember getting on the phone with my partner and us coming up with an offer. And the, and the eight or nine people that said no to me the past couple of days, I called them all that day. And seven out of eight of them said yes to our new offer. And we were essentially able to bring in. And honestly, that launched just from eight people to 40 people today. And so that kind of one transition. So, or that one pivot. So that was a turning point of like realizing as an entrepreneur, that's not going to be the only time I'm probably on my back, but I'll always remember that. Cause I'm like, I remember thinking like, you know what? I think this is, this will be a turning point that I'll look back on for a long time. It was one of those moments of like, man, I'm glad I didn't give up. And part of entrepreneurship is not giving up and knowing when to pivot. And um, that was a big one. Man, I love that story. That is 
that is some hustle and some really cool stick to itiveness that I don't think you see super often. I, uh, man, how did you can, without going into too much detail, so you go back to the same people after they just told you all, no, like that's, and by the way, like if you have any kind of data or research background, you go to a whole, like basically set of people and you're like, Hey, buy this. And like, yeah, no way. And then you go back to them like the same day and you're like, well, what about this? And like, yeah, we can do that. Typically, if you think about the psychology of saying no, if you already said no once, you're probably going to say no again. So even overcoming that in your own mind and then helping them overcome that too. I mean, that's pretty cool. No one can take that away from you. And I know it's more than that, but it's still really neat. Well, I knew we had something to value, man. I just had to get people in the door. And um, and so it was figuring out, you know, real, I mean, I'll tell what it's, our, it's not like people are going to be mad at me telling me. Joe, Joe knows this. Joe said yes to the offer. It was before it was pay everything up front. And then we, we changed our model to pay a little bit now and then pay everything later. Right, come taste and see, and 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 it's almost like listen, I'll take the risk. Right before it was the risk is on you because it's money to be a part of this, and if you don't show up or whatever, then you're out. You've lost money. But now I've, I changed it to say no. The risk is on us. Like mm. come in, we're giving everything for. I mean, almost free on giving you access to everything, our entire network, all of our connections. And if it's not good, then leave no harm, no foul. And that changed it all because then it was like, well, I know people want to be in this, but they're still like, oh, I'm not sure. And we just made it such a no brainer that almost no one says no anymore. It's almost like, well, yeah, that, that makes sense. Why would I not do that? You know what I mean? And so I don't know why it took me so long to figure that out, but it just, it did. And I'm thankful. (laughs) Well, I'm thankful that you even presented it that way, because I think there can be kind of a real sort of tendency to say, well, you know, if it didn't work the first time, then it's just a bad idea or there's just not anything there. And if you're creating a new offer or you don't have a lot of background in creating products, there can be this kind of the sense of just like, well, I tried it and it's not going to work. Well, that's not that even just giving up too quickly. Maybe there's room to grow and just you understanding how to present something. The biggest companies in the world, they refactor something 10 times over a few years in order to get it boiled down to the most perfect offer. And then it sells like hotcakes and people think they just hit gold. No, they refactored whatever that offer was a few times before they got to it. And it's just kind of having that, that long game, that long tail perspective that uh, is really super beneficial. And it, I, I thank you for sharing your story because I think people just think, well, his mastermind, his number one mastermind grew up out of nothing because Ellis came down from on high with this great apartment complex perspective. And no, there was some, there was some give and take in there. There was some push that had to happen. Yeah. I don't know anybody who, I mean, I'm sure there are people come out the gate screaming, but definitely not us. And, uh, and here's the thing. I don't know when the show's going to come out. So I I don't really care anyways, but we're we're not out the gates, man. We're about to come out with this new offer for 2021. And, um, you guys should have me back on because I'm not sure if it's going to work or not. It could be on my back in a couple of weeks. And be like, dang, that didn't work out so well. So we'll see, man. We'll see. We're, this is the fun part of being an entrepreneur. And it is creating something that you think is valuable, putting it out into the world and selling it. And mm-hmm. uh, we're still selling this vision. We got something special that people should be a part of. Yeah, absolutely. Entrepreneurship is a commitment to being experimental. Uh, I think we'd like to forego that, but it's true. Well, hey, Ellis, I want to honor your time 
unfortunately, we've got to go into, well, not unfortunately, fortunately, we've got to go into the final five for our last couple of minutes. And uh, we'll, we will have a, a bonus one uh, uh, update for everyone back in 2021 to, to see how that, that offer panned out. But for our final five minutes, we have our final five questions. Question number one, Ellis, what are your top three must-read books, not including the Bible, and these can be business, family, spiritual, cookbook. First book is Mindset and Psychology of Success. Second book would be Think and Grow Rich. Third book would be 10X by Grant Cardone. Can you tell me the, the first one who that's by? The psychologist. I can't tell you the name of, of her. No. Okay, it's fine. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll Google it and we'll have it in the show notes for everybody. Yeah. And the second one is Napoleon Hill. Just that yeah. way for those listening. Question number two. You can send a note card back to yourself when you're first starting off on your entrepreneurial journey. What are the three pieces of advice you're putting on that card? I mean, I would just first one be don't give up, pivot sooner, and then probably don't give up. Like this thing isn't that complicated, man. Like it's like, don't give up, pivot, and don't give up. Like it's just, it's just really not that complicated. I do think though, let me actually go back. That's really not helpful for anyone listening. But I think not giving up is actually very important because too many people give up too soon. Another great book, number four would be Three Feet from Gold. Another great book. I do think pivoting is key in this, in this journey. I think learning sales and marketing is what, what I'd write, like go all in on sales and marketing. Like learn, become a, learn sales sooner. Like learn how to sell. Like you need to, tr- you need to be trained on how to sell. Atlas. You're not a good salesman. You're a good evangelist, but you're not a good salesman. And that's a difference. There's a difference there. So I think right now we're doing sales training and marketing. So I just think that would be a third one, like start learning sales and marketing right away. And when you say pivot, can you unpack that just a little bit more? Do you just mean when things aren't working pivot or do you? Yeah. Like there's a difference when I say don't give up doesn't mean like, we'll just keep doing the same thing over and over again. Right. Like it's, knowing when you have to change your offer or when something's not working and well, just don't keep doing it, like figure out what needs to change. Right. And so we're experiencing the same thing on our other business with in buying apartments. It's like, we're not really getting the deals that we want to be getting. So what do we got to do? Do we need to be, we got to figure out how do we get more off more projects in to make more offers. And so raising our, you know, that just, and that might pivot might just, well, I need to raise my commitment to this. So that's what I mean. Awesome. That's, that's really good. Thanks for the clarification. Question number three, how do you define success for yourself? Dude, really simply, man, the way I, the way you ask that question to find success for myself is just doing what I say. I think every day, you know, I write down my top three goals, what I want to accomplish for the day. And then I do that for the week and I have that for the month. And if I can do those things then I'm, I'm going to be successful because I've already mapped it out. So that it's really simply just doing what I say I'm going to do is really what success looks like. I love it. It's just, yeah, being in, having integrity with yourself. That's awesome. Question number four, when times have gotten tough, what has kept you from quitting? It's a good question, man. I mean, I think it's my faith, my faith that in God, that he's with me, that he's called me to something bigger, faith in myself, right? That I know who God's created me and I can, I can do this. And then just, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to lose, man. I, I'm like the most competitive person ever. Like I don't, I, I don't know. This is not very spiritual. Like I don't want to lose. I don't want to let people down. I don't want to let myself down, let my wife down. I don't want to lose. So you really have to beat me. 
you know, like it's going to be really hard to beat me from a long-term perspective. Cause like when I really have a hard time giving up because I just don't want to lose. So that would be it. Man, since you answering this question and then the, the one from a couple before, uh, reminding me so much, I'm watching that the Michael Jordan documentary, you know, I know I'm a couple of months late, but <laughs> it's crazy. I watch episode five about once a week because it literally like episode five is just like triggers me of like this, like, like this guy gets fired up, man. Michael, <laughs> the guy from a, he's a killer, man. And like, I don't know if it's healthy, but it gets me pumped up, man. And like, it gets me ready for the week. So episode five, the Jordan series is amazing. And uh, I watched it a lot because I'm like, <laughs> that dude has the mindset of like what I'm talking about. Like he refused to give up and he, he was obsessed and he was committed to something and it's inspiring. And most people might look at that and hate him for that. But I'm like, it's also why we're still talking about it. It's why the TV show about it. It's why he's inspired the entire world, right? Like it, because he was committed and, and he didn't give up. Man, I, I feel like we could do a whole episode uh, just on uh, how to apply the Michael Jordan documentary and mindset to the, the Christian entrepreneurial walk. <laughs> 100% man 100% I'm, I'm ready for the Kobe Ryan one too because he's the same <laughs> so that's awesome all right question let's see here I guess we're on question number five what is what question should we have asked that we didn't um you guys have some great questions yeah I mean you you know I don't, I don't know I just think I guess the last thing I would say is you I had the chance you already asked this in some way but that what's so important to to remember is thinking about me and my wife like she's just been incredible support in all this and just remember what's important and why you're doing it and for me it's been been my wife and my family my mom and my brother those are the things that really keep me motivated as well and just having them people them in mind and knowing why we're doing this having that support and really staying invested in those relationships yeah i just can't imagine like you know, if we accomplished everything we wanted to accomplish in the next 12 months and then I didn't have those relationships, like what would be the point of any of this, right? Like one of my biggest goals to make any money in the next couple months is just so I can buy my mom a house. You know what I mean? Like, so like it, it just is, I don't know, remembering those things. I don't even know that's a question, dude. I'm just like, those are the things that really are important. I think it's being connected to those things is what makes you a powerful person. No, that's so good. And I think that's a, a great place to, to leave it at there. Ellis, thank you so much for coming on, The Eternal Entrepreneur Man. Before we go, you got to tell us for all those pastors out there who need that change of mindset, how can they find out more about you? How can they start investing? Yeah, well, if that's what you want, I, I wrote a book on this called The Mission. It's called Mission of Multifamily. And you can go to missionofmultifamily.com and actually download a free copy right now just my story, but I talk a lot about what we talked about today, the, the money mindset that had to shift and the things we had to overcome. Just it's a more detailed version of my story, but I wrote it in such a way I hope to really inspire others that are doing this. And, uh, and then our, our mastermind, you can learn more at uh, thekingdomrei.com is where, is where we have that hosted. And then our Ellis Hammond, my name, ellishammond.com is kind of my investor website for folks who want to learn more about investing with us in real estate deals. So three links, Mission Multifamily, the Kingdom REI, and EllisHammond.com are all those three places to go. That's great. And just a plug, 
Kingdom REI podcast is one of my personal favorite podcasts. Make sure you guys check it out. Thanks, man. Yeah. Again, thank you so much, Ellis. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this show, please leave us a five-star review and share this with a friend. It would help us out tremendously. Also, if you'd like to stay in touch and get a free copy of the first chapter of Pierce's new book, Calling, How to Partner with God in Any Business with Any Boss at Any Place in Life, then click on the link in the show notes to sign up for our weekly email or visit piercebrantley.co slash podcast. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.